0: What is up, what is up, what is up Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show I'm your host Mitch Davis Founder of the MitchDavisShow.com Podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show and co-host of the Hit It to Hoover SEC Baseball Podcast with Jake Nichols, going to be relaunching that here in the next week or two as SEC Baseball inches close are 49 days away from first pitch down here in the Southeastern Conference On today's podcast it is game day in Atlanta as the old Miss Rebels take on the Penn Penn State Nittany Lions in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Exciting times down there in Atlanta as Ole Miss and Penn State get ready to meet for the first time ever in either program's history. On today's podcast, going to be joined by the voice of Penn State, a man that uh, really truly is one of the most kindest, genuine guys in the business, play-by-play man of Penn State, Mr. Steve Jones. will be joining me momentarily to preview things. For the Penn State side of things, ahead of the 2023 Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore 8. Facebook and Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show. Also, check out the website at TheMitchDavisShow.com. We're going to have a lot coming your way from Mercedes-Benz Stadium tomorrow down there in Atlanta as the Ole Miss Rebels take on Penn State in the 2023 Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. At this time, I'd like to welcome Steve Jones back on the Mitch. Davis show for the first time since the 2019 Cotton Bowl when Memphis and Penn State played down there in Dallas I want to welcome the play-by-play man of the Penn's, of Penn State University football and basketball Mr. Steve Jones back on the Mitch Davis show first time back on since the Cotton Bowl back in 2019 Steve welcome on the Mitch Davis show how you doing
1: Mitch, it's great to catch up with you again, and boy, has a lot of things in life changed since we did that interview in 2019.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was thinking about that when I was doing the prep work for this interview. I was like, man, a lot has changed for Penn State college athletics. Uh, There's a big bowl game this weekend for Penn State, playing Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We're going to talk about that, but I'm going to first ask you about kind of the the direction of Penn State athletics right now since 2019. really seems to be on a roll right now. Talk about that and the role that Penn State is on.
1: Well, they're in a great spot. Uh, You want to position yourself in the years to come to be one of the 12 teams to get into the college football playoff. And this particular year, Penn State and Ole Miss both would have made the playoff under the the format that's going to come into play starting in 2024. Uh, So you want to be in that spot. Uh, they've been recruiting well. James Franklin's done a tremendous job here with everything and the way he runs the program. Other programs have done well. Penn State's coming off an NCAA tournament appearance, and they got to the second round last year in March. So they're really positioned well moving forward, and they're probably in the best position they've been. Really, I'd say the best position they've been as an athletic department, maybe since 2008, eight nine, somewhere around there.
0: A lot of exciting times going on there at Penn State. I do want to ask you about your career since 2019 and what's been going on. I know I asked you in 2019, but do you have a favorite memory that maybe you have since the 2019 Cotton Bowl with Penn State?
1: Well, I think the favorite memory is last year's Rose Bowl game. Uh, You know, it's something where, uh, when you've done this a long time, like I've been very fortunate to do, your memories of of the Rose Bowl growing up, my brother and I watching the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, right? all the time. And that was always like the game to us. And to sit there and to then broadcast, and I've done, I've done the Rose Bowl before, but to sit there and to do the Rose Bowl and with nine minutes to play, the team you're broadcasting for, you know has no chance of losing. They're going to win the game. It was one of the really great feelings. To sit in that setting, which is a setting that Hollywood cannot create, and to see this team win, I think of all the memories since 2019, that's the one that sticks out more than anything else, because there's such a euphoric feeling after that game for everybody because of the game, how they played, and where it was played.
0: Steve, I want to ask you kind of follow up to that as well. Uh, You know, Penn State football has been right there in the last five years. They've been in several New Year's Six Bowls. They've, you know, been in close games with Michigan and Ohio State. What's it going to take Penn State to get to that next level, to win a national championship, to bring back home that national championship back to Penn State?
1: Well, I feel like they've closed the talent gap, which is a big part of it. Uh, The next part is going to be when you get into big games like Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, you know, and Ohio State in particular. The Michigan thing is a little problematic to talk about, uh, to be honest with you, because of all the allegations. Uh, but because you know, Penn State had beaten them three out of four years before all the start, stuff started. I mean, but I did. I got to put a context on that. Penn State had beaten Michigan and Jim Harbaugh three out of four years until everything was allegedly to have started there. Um, and just like Ohio State had been beating them every year until this allegedly had started there. But it takes a, you have to be able to win a key sequence in the first half, and you have to be able to win a key sequence in the second half. And Penn State in the games has played well, played well, played well, but then when it came to the key sequence, they didn't win it. Uh, You know, so take Ohio State. Key sequence, first half of the game. Curtis Jacobs strips Kyle McCord of the ball, picks up the ball, runs it back 60 yards for a touchdown. Key sequence. Penn State's called for holding in the secondary. Sequence wiped out. Ohio State kept the ball, drove in, scored a touchdown. It's a 14-point swing. So Ohio State, in the end, won the sequence when it looked like Penn State had won the sequence. You know, second half, Penn State went for it late in the game. Uh, on their own side of the field, like the 43-yard line of foot down. They felt like they, you know, that they had to get something done at that particular point. Didn't get it. Ohio State's short 43-yard drive essentially put the game away. Didn't win the key sequence. So you have to win the key sequences one each half to do something like that. In the college football playoffs coming up, that's something you should watch for. Who wins the key sequences one each half?
0: So I want to ask you about, I asked Lane Kiffin this, I didn't get to have the chance to ask Coach James Franklin this, but playing in the Big Ten, obviously the two conferences that truthfully matter right now in, in college football are the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten. Those are the two power brokers, super conference, whatever you want to call that. But how does playing in a conference like the Big Ten, where you're playing you know teams that are competing for the CFP and New Year's Six Bowls, consistently prepare you for this stage to play Ole Miss on Saturday in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl?
1: Well, it's more than just that, Mitch. Now, this will be going away next year because it's going to be 1-18 through 18 in the Big Ten. But Ole Miss plays in the SEC West. Yeah. And Penn State plays, has been playing in the Big Ten East. So it's not just in the conference. Ole Miss and Penn State are playing in the two single toughest, yeah. deepest divisions in college football. Right. That's what that's what they've faced to get to this point. Now it turns out that one of Ole Miss's crossover games this year was Georgia. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know. Penn State's big crossover game was Iowa and they shut them out. I know you're surprised Iowa didn't score. Uh, but uh, but that's you know, that's gets you ready for a tough, hard nosed, close football game when you're playing that kind of competition almost on a week-in and week-out basis. Because for Penn State and Ole Miss, it's not just navigating the Big Ten and the SEC respectively. More importantly, it's navigating their own division. And that makes you really tough and I think separates you from so many other programs in the country when you get yourself to this point.
0: You know, I never thought of it like that, but that's a heck of a point to make. I want to ask you, though, about this matchup with Ole Miss and obviously explosive offense and, you know, not as great of a defense, but that offense is potent with Jackson Dark, Quishon Jenkins, and others with yeah. that Ole Miss team. How, how does Penn State match up well with Ole Miss uh, come Saturday? Well, first
1: of all, Dark really impresses me. And, I, you know, they play at a great pace. I mean, you have to be able to do yeah, I think early in the game is going to be critical for Penn State because they're going to have to get used to the pace with which Ole Miss plays the game. And Ole Miss has been great on the opening drive. They've scored on seven of their 12 opening drives this season, with six touchdowns and a field goal. I, I love the fact that Dart not only throws a good ball, but he can run as well. You know, when he needs to run, he can run. So you have to be able to continue. Justin is a, a really terrific running back. Really impressed by him, and I think the backup kid um, Bentley is terrific as well. The three wideouts, to me, the key to the whole thing is pre-scoring the the tight end. He really brings you okay. You, he's the key. In other words, he goes inside. They're running the ball, or he stays in the pass protects, or he goes out.
0: Jumping over to that Penn State defense, I want to ask you for the Ole Miss fans that are maybe not familiar with watching Penn State on a regular basis, but what makes that Penn State defense so just so tough and, and so tough to break, uh, per se? Well, they've
1: the starts with the secondary. The secondary has been the best secondary I think uh, you can argue in the country the last couple of years, uh, and that's been a big part of it. The secondary has been really, really good. Uh, now that secondary has been set up by a terrific pass rush. Uh, there have been multiple with the pass rush. Sometimes they'll, you know, and the way they utilize the linebackers in the pass rush has been impressive. You know, you'll say, "Well, they're blitzing." Well, no, sometimes they're zone blitzing. A guy kind of like Adisa Isaac, they'll drop him off into the coverage. As a defensive end, while they're sending out a Carter in. And Carter had a tremendous finish to the season for Penn State. I thought he played really, really well. Jacobs is good against the pass or the run. Uh, denying Dennis Sutton has been terrific at that defensive end spot at the other side. So they've been racking up a lot of sacks. They've been able to play really good cover defense, sometimes with just four, sometimes in nickel, sometimes in six. They're multiple. You have to be able to read where they're coming from because they come at you from all angles.
0: Two more questions I have for you. I want to get your your keys to the game for a Penn State victory on Saturday.
1: Well, number one, they're going to have to get used to the pace of the game. Uh, Is as to how Ole Miss wants to play. Number two, Penn State's ability to run the football in the game. Uh, I feel like in watching the tapes, Ole Miss has been susceptible to good running games this season. And Penn State not only has a good running game, they have a great running game. They call Singleton and Catron Allen. That will allow Penn State to control the ball. If Ole Miss can control the Penn State running game, Now Ole Miss puts itself in a great position uh, in this particular game. And Drew Allen needs to get off to a good start for Penn State in the passing game, get comfortable right away, and that way when they want to go play action with those running backs, they'll be able to make some points.
0: Last question I have for you, I want to ask you about the bowl week experience so far at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. What has been your favorite takeaway so far with being around the team at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl?
1: Well, they've had a blast. They've had a great time here. Uh, they've uh, been able to go to the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, the MLK, the MLK trip. The trip was tremendous for them to see Ebenezer Baptist Church and also learn more about uh, the Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, that's been a tremendous off-field experience for them. Uh, meaningful, powerful for them. Uh, so, that, you know, the Peach Bowl is really tremendous in hospitality. And that's something you'll see in all these New Year's Six Bowl games. They're just great at hospitality, and they've had a blast at this point, while also mixing in a fair amount of work.
0: He is Steve Jones, play-by-play play for Penn State. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show again. It's an honor. Happy New Year, and good luck on Saturday in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Happy New Year to you, Mitch. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host, founder of the themitchdavisshow.com. Podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show, co host of the Hit It To Hoover SEC Baseball podcast there with Jake Nichols. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight, Facebook and Instagram at the Mitch Davis Show, and always check out the website. Going to have wall to wall coverage from Atlanta tomorrow morning as the Olmos Rebels take on Penn State, and a very special thank you to C. Jones, voice of the Penn State Nittany Lions, for coming on the Mitch Davis Show podcast to talk about the 2023 Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl for Penn State. Again, thank you for tuning in to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host. Happy New Year, and I will be back on on Sunday afternoon as I head over to Oxford to watch Ole Miss basketball play Bryant
1: University.